Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, ha- I'm happy to help. Um, okay, so I was going to start with some few introduction questions. Um, so what is your official career title? Uh, my current title right now is the Senior Director of Health and Performance uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Awesome. Um, and then can you give me just a little insight to what your education is or was? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, my undergrad was in athletic training. Uh, that was done at Weber State University, where I'm from, which is in Ogden, Utah. Um, they have a great, great athletic training program. Um, and so uh, being an athlete myself growing up and actually playing um, a little college football at Weber State, I was very fortunate to always want to be around sports. And so athletic training was a no-brainer for me. Um, so that was that was my undergrad, which then also, you know, being an athlete and always living in the weight room, trying to figure out how I could be bigger, faster, stronger. I was a weight room guy, you know, so after I was done playing sports, but also starting to trickle into the athletic training credential and, and career, I started to look into other avenues of how I could be a dual credentialed person. And that was strength and conditioning. So I got my master's degree um, in strength and conditioning and performance from Southern Utah University. That was, uh, fortunately for me, um, that was the majority of it was an online program. So I was still able to work in the field while I was getting my master's degree. Awesome. Um, what certifications uh, or credentials do you currently have? Um, like I said, licensed athletic trainer. Um, I have my CSCS. Uh, I have, honestly, like when it comes to the credentials, I probably have too many to spit (laughs) off just because as soon as you start to spend more time in this field and you start to get more continuing education opportunities, the the credentials just start piling up. So anything (laughs) from FMS, PRI, CES, PES, um, like I said, you name it. When it comes to Graston cupping, needling, uh, there's there's quite an extensive list. It probably would miss quite a few, even if I tried to spit them off. <laughs> wow. Um, what previous work have you done in the field? Um, I've had a number of jobs. Most of them have been in higher level, you know, professional basketball. Uh, my first job was I, I've been a high school teacher. So I've been a high school teacher that covered the high school um, as an athletic trainer. I have been in the college setting um, and both as an athletic trainer and a strength coach for football, basketball, women's basketball, tennis, volleyball, soccer, you name it. Um, And then I've done minor league baseball. I have done uh, many years in the G League, which is the minor league farm club for the NBA. I have done plenty of camps. 
but you name it. But now I've been in the NBA for a handful of years as well. So that's awesome. Would you say that basketball was your first pick for a career? You know, yeah, most likely. I think that that was where my biggest interest was. I grew up playing every sport, so I, I have a fascination with all sports. But I've been very fortunate to either as an athlete or as an athletic trainer experienced um, being in those settings. And I really love all of them. But basketball seemed to be the one where I certainly enjoyed it the most. Uh, these just the athletes are to me, they are a challenge. And I say a challenge in a way of trying to figure out how to help them because of long levers, you know, like just you name it. They're some of the most athletic athletes in the in sports period just because of their genetic gifts and just how how much they produce on the court how what how well they move what they're required to do from jumping cutting you name it it's for me it's it's a lot of fun trying to figure out how to how to break them down and how to help them yeah um how did you get your start in this career field uh, well, for me, the right out of the gate, getting a high school was good, but that that was right place, right time, which a lot of it is is timing and luck. But it started uh, with one of my final um, called clinical rotations. I was covering the high school, and I was about to graduate, go take my board exams, and. I knew the athletic trainer very well and, you know, spent my last rotation with them and they were going to go on to take a, a bigger, better admin job in the school. And so I was able to kind of transition into that pretty quickly, but it was short lived. I really didn't even make it a full year in the high school setting because this was about 2008, 2009. I, I'll admit my story kind of starts pretty funny, but it starts with a, a Facebook message. Um, I was at the time trying to find my way and crack my way into basketball just because I knew at that point I was really enjoying it. Uh, I was reaching out via emails, actual hard copy letters, um, you name it, you know, I was using Facebook, which at the time was very popular. There wasn't Instagram, Twitter, you know, so I, I was trying to research every NBA athletic trainer or you know, physical therapist, you name it. I was trying to connect with them. And fortunately, um, somebody responded and his name's Brian Zettler. He was the, at the time, assistant athletic trainer for the Utah Jazz, who eventually became the head athletic trainer. And uh, he, you know, great human being, you know, he's a great mentor of mine. So he, I was very fortunate where he reached out to me and he didn't have to, but he reached out kind of saying he was, he was willing to meet up. He was willing to get to know me. And then he, he put me on to, um, in 2009, there was a G league team. I'm sorry, a D league team. It was a development team, development league at the time. He put me onto this team that was about an hour away from where I was living, but he got me an internship with them. Uh, this was at the time where there was only about 10 or 12 teams where now pretty much every NBA team has their own G league team. Uh, so I was able to still work in the high school. I was doing my master's online and then I was doing an internship with this D-League team. And then 
the very next year, the D league team decided they liked me enough and they had another turnover. So they hired me as their head athletic trainer. And then that's kind of where it started. So it's kind of funny, but it's some of it for professional basketball all started with a, a Facebook message. That's a cool story. Um, how, what is your favorite part of this job? Like what have you enjoyed the most? I I'd easily say the people like, and not just the athletes, but the coaches, the, the staff that I get to work with every day, which are, you know, PT strength coaches, massage therapists, sports psychologists, nutritionalists, you name it. Um, I've, I've just been exposed to so many amazing people and, being in sports, you just, it's a fraternity, you know, you get an opportunity to work with and learn from so many people. And again, that includes the athletes and coaches, sport coaches, but um, it's easily, it's hands down to people. And if, you know, most, most of the time, if you're going to try to work in sports and an athlete trainer or coach, like you're very personable and, you know, individual, you like to be around others. You like to, you know, and athletes are always, competitors they're challenging their their personalities are all over the map but we love people and inherently we're all givers and so I would easily say that it's people yeah um is there a part of this career that has been the most challenging yeah I I would say the time commitment I don't think that people quite understand how much time especially the higher up you get in you know, professional college, but even at the high school level, it's, you know, it is a time consuming career. Um, so, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time either traveling, covering late practices, late games, your lives, your lives are dictated by the schedule and there's only so much you can do about that. And then the next layer of it is not, not just the game schedule, but the team schedule, which is whatever the coach wants to do practice. And then you're left to get the scraps to get your job done, which is treatment, you know, preventative measures, um, doctor's visits, you name it. Um, so it takes a lot of time, you know, you're going to be heavily invested and, a lot of times your family is going to suffer from it. So if you're a single individual, you're trying to make it in this industry. Uh, it's a little bit easier, uh, especially mm -hmm. if you're trying to take opportunities, internships or move across the country. Um, but if you have a family, significant other, if you have children, it, it becomes, it becomes a significantly more of a challenge to make it work. Yeah, that does sound difficult. Um, what is something that most people don't know about this career? I know you just said time because obviously that's not something people really consider, but is there anything else that people don't know? Yeah. yeah. Time is again, probably the best answer that people truly don't think about. Uh, I truly do think that people just believe athletic trainers show up at the time of the game and just get to watch sports. Um, <laughs> but if I had to pick the next layer of it, um, it, it is oftentimes a thankless job. And mm -hmm. I don't think that we do this to get stories or to be put on the front page of the paper or to get a pat on the back every time you do a tape job. But 
you know, it's, it's again, a lot of time commitment. You pour yourself out there and you're always there taking care of others more so before you ever take care of yourself, because that's just a natural thing with athletic trainers. And, you know, I, I can't say it's always the case, but for a large part, you will, you will feel undervalued and you will feel like you're in a thankless position and you've got to be okay with that. You know, coaches oftentimes will get on you, yell at you. And it's <laughs> most of the time, it's not even personal. You're just kind of in the firing line because we are responsible for so much and we take so much that it's just one of those things that happens. So you've got to have a thick skin, but um, understanding that, it is a thankless job and it's not personal. It's just kind of something that's always been in this profession. You just need to be willing to understand that you're not going to get, you're not going to get a whole lot of praise and glory, you know, but you've always got to be prepared because the only time it seems like athletic trainers get praise is when you've done a good job, either saving somebody's life or, you know, it's, it takes a lot for an athletic trainer to probably get a big story or to be recognized and so it's just one of those things you got to be aware of. Yeah. Sounds more behind the scenes than what people usually think of. Um, right. What is a skill or strength that you would say is necessary to be in this field? Um, a lot of it, I would say, comes down to personality traits or mannerisms, you know, things you can learn, but. To be a very good, let's say, athletic trainer, you need to be extremely organized. You need to be open-minded, forward-thinking. You need to be patient. You need to be persistent. Um, but again, I kind of said it earlier, you need to have a personality where your interpersonal skills and social skills are pretty well-defined because you can see athletic trainers who do a very good job connecting with their athletes and the athletes just love being around them and they'll eat the words right out of their hands. That's what you need to be able to do is have a little bit of a salesmanship to you, get players to buy in and to understand that you're there for them and that what you can sell them is, is health, you know, and, and you need to be able to be healthy to perform. So when you have, you have the ability to have some of those intangibles from a personality that can get the best out of the athlete. You're going to have to have that. So it's not so much of a, an actual skill set because I'll say that most athletic trainers have pretty competent skill sets, you know, when it comes to, to say doing an evaluation or taping an ankle, stretching somebody, but, um, to really do a good job, it comes down to a lot of personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you said you're already pretty, you're pretty high up in the career field as senior director, but do you have any future career goals? Um, as far as career goals, yeah, I've been very fortunate to, you know, embark on so many different opportunities that I had set out for myself, even in undergrad that I would have never thought I'd, you know, been able to experience these at such a such a quick wave but you know some of my opportunities that I look at now are just growth you know for me it's just how do I because in 10 years of professional basketball I'll tell you 
each and every year that goes by, I realize I, I know less and less, you know, there's mm -hmm. so much valuable information out there that now I've just learned that I, I just want to learn it all. You know, I want to find myself just reading everything, taking every course. I want to learn from every firsthand experience that my staff bring from their upbringing and what they know that, and it's, that's kind of where I'm at now. I wouldn't say that there's any specific goals like, oh, I want to get that job or I want to get this certification. It's kind of just what, what you're interested in. Like the best thing that you can do is not just fixate your mind that you have to get something like a, again, a, I, obviously you have to have a degree, but some people feel like they absolutely have to get a PhD to do this job where it's not always the case. I, I would, I would say that people just need to figure out what answers they're trying to, or what questions they have and what answers they're looking for. And then just dive deep into how you get the best the best way to get those answers and sometimes that just means you need to do a lot of research and find out who's the best in that field and for example you might you might want to figure out how to how to attack uh, you know tackle tendon pathologies you know and you want to mm -hmm. learn how do i you know you might have a year where you've got three or four athletes who have tendonitis or a patellar tendon rupture or something and you just want to learn more and you've got to figure out how do i how do I research the best out there, whether it's they're overseas or, and then you just got to start finding a way to tap into them and building a network there. And over time you realize when you've done that, you've built this big empire of a network that you have so many people to thrive off of and learn from when those questions arise that you can contact them instantly. Yeah. Uh, last question is, do you have any advice for someone pursuing a career in this field? Yeah, it, it's 100% just networking. Like I said, that's how I've been fortunate to where my story has unfolded. And it's just, again, I've, I've touched on it a few times. It's, it's absolutely crucial if you want to do well and if you want to learn from the best in the business, you've got to be able to have a very good networking ability and that means, again, coming back to personality, you've got to be able to find a way to, to contact people and to, and to connect with them. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending time talking to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that is all my questions for today. Okay. Well, I'm, I appreciate you reaching out. I'm always happy to help others out. <laughs>